I was recently contacted by a subscriber from Glasgow who told me about an old Georgian house in the suburb of Bears Den with one of the creepiest hauntings I've ever heard of. The subscriber has asked for anonymity, so we'll refer to her as Martha, and I won't mention the address of the haunting, other than it's in Bears Den, which lies in the northwest outskirts of Glasgow. The land which Bears Den now occupies has had huge historical significance throughout much of Scotland's history. The area's heritage can be traced back to Roman times when it held a strategic location situated along the Antonine Wall, the northernmost frontier of the Roman Empire in Britain, at a time when Scotland was known as Caledonia. Roman artefacts, including remnants of a military bathhouse, have been unearthed in Bears Den. However, it was during the 19th century that Bears Den began to evolve into a sought-after residential area. With the advent of the railway in the mid-1800s, the district became more accessible, attracting wealthy Glaswegians looking to escape the city's urban hustle and bustle. This led to the development of grand Victorian and Edwardian villas, which still grace the streets today. Bearsden's growth continued throughout the 20th century, becoming a thriving commuter suburb with excellent amenities and educational facilities, and it's Bearsden that this episode focuses on. The house that features in this encounter is from the late Georgian period, which ranged from 1760 to 1830. The house is an elegant and spacious dwelling, reflective of the architectural trends of the late 18th and 19th centuries. The exterior features a symmetrical and proportioned facade with large rectangular windows, and as with most Georgian houses, it has a rectangular structure with a central hallway leading from the front door to the back of the house. The rooms on each side of the hallway are spacious and well lit, with high ceilings. The ground floor was a typical Georgian design that initially would have included a formal dining and drawing room, while the upper floors consisted of bedrooms and an attic space. Over the years, the large house was split into two homes, and around ten years ago, Martha moved into one of the first floor rooms that she rented from the owner, a friend of hers we'll call Rose. The room suited Martha perfectly just like the house itself. Grand, spacious, situated in a safe and tranquil neighbourhood. Its proximity to Glasgow allowed for a convenient commute, yet it was far enough away to provide a peaceful retreat from the stresses of work. However, this haven of tranquility would soon become a place of fear and dread. Shortly after Martha's move, she couldn't escape the realisation that this home was unlike any other she'd lived in before, despite sharing it with one of her closest friends. The atmosphere consistently felt oppressive and unwelcoming, leaving her with a distinct impression that something about the house was different. In moments of solitude, Martha began hearing peculiar noises emanating from the attic. distinct, heavy footsteps, reminiscent of someone wearing old-fashioned hobnail boots walking across what she knew to be an empty room. These unsettling sounds occurred at various times, disrupting her studies during the day and even waking her in the dead of night. Despite thorough investigations, the room was always found empty. Initially, Martha dismissed these sounds as mere echoes in an old house, 
attributing them to the acoustics of the chimneys. However, the persistence of these footsteps, particularly when standing near the entrance to the attic, forced her to reconsider. On one occasion, she was about to enter a room when she heard the noises again. Placing her ear to the attic door, Martha felt the vibrations and sounds, convincing her that what she was hearing couldn't be explained away as mere acoustics. Convinced that someone was wandering around the unoccupied attic, Martha cautiously opened the door, half expecting to find her friend Rose. But to her surprise, the room was still quiet and the footsteps had stopped. The room was empty. There was no one there. Well, no one visible. In response to these experiences, Martha took to locking her door whenever she was alone, opting to ignore the unsettling footsteps that echoed through the silent house. The attic room wouldn't remain empty for long. Being a large, spacious room, it was the perfect size for an extra bedroom, and soon one of Martha's friends, who we'll call Peter, rented the room. As with Martha, Peter quickly came to the realisation that this house wasn't like other houses. He often also heard the footsteps walking across the attic floor, with no visible agent present. Occasionally, out the corner of his eye, he glimpsed what he took to be a dog pacing around in the attic room, but no one in the house owned a dog, so he put this down to a tired and overactive imagination, or a trick of the light. However, one night he awoke in a panic, feeling an overwhelming sensation of breathlessness. As he regained his senses, he discerned the silhouette of a sizeable dark dog sprawled across his chest its weight pressing down and impeding his ability to draw in a full breath. Panicked, he attempted to push the dog off his chest, but he was met with no resistance. His arms passed straight through whatever was sat on him. After a few seconds, the oppressive weight lifted and Peter took in a large gasp of air. Whatever was stopping him breathing had disappeared. Martha often had her mother, Linda, travel to visit her, sleeping in the spare room when she'd stay. Linda would travel up from England, and to make the most of her time with Martha, she'd stay for several days at a time. During one trip, Linda planned to stay for a couple of nights, and she and Martha planned to make the most of their time together. After a day visiting some of the galleries and museums in Glasgow, they returned to Bear's Den, and Linda, tired from a busy day, retired for the night. Morning came around, and Martha, being an early bird, knocked on Linda's door to wake her for breakfast. How did you sleep? she asked. I slept fine, except for being woken by that angry girl at the window. Confused, Martha asked Linda to repeat what she'd said. Linda described being woken in the middle of the night by the feeling that she was being watched. Although the room was dark, the curtains were open and there was a dim light illuminating the room from the outside and her attention was drawn to the large window opposite her bed. As her eyes adjusted to the dark, she started to make out the outline of someone standing outside the window. Thinking she must be still half asleep and imagining something that wasn't there. After all, she was in a room on the first floor and she was seeing somebody outside her window. She sat up and rubbed her eyes, but looking again, she could see the figure was still there. 
What Linda described to Martha was that she could see the upper half of a young brown-haired woman, a woman with a wretched, twisted appearance. Her hair and face were filthy, her clothes looked how Linda imagined the clothes of someone who worked in a Victorian workhouse to look, and her confusion was soon replaced by terror when her gaze fell on the young girl's face. She was staring back, directly at Linda. There was a look of pure rage on this young woman's face. Her lips were pulled back and sharp, dirty teeth were visible. The woman also appeared to be lashing out at Linda, as if she was trying to scratch her. Linda weakly called out, Hello? Only for the figure at the window to vanish, blending seamlessly into the obscurity of the night. Linda, a rationally minded person, assumed that what she had witnessed was the product of a dream and both she and Martha put the incident out of their mind, for now. After the first night's events, Linda opted to sleep on the couch in the living room. On the mantelpiece was an urn that contained the ashes of Rose's mother, given pride of place above the fire. That night, Linda awoke to an unusual glow from the urn, as if it was red hot. Thinking it was morning and the sun was beaming through a gap in the curtain, she got up to close them, but then realised it was still dark outside and the glow was coming from the urn. After a second, she turned to look at the urn, which still had this unusual, supernatural glow, which was now dimming, before eventually returning to normal. Two days later, one of Martha's friends came to visit, and he too slept over in the spare room. In the morning, Martha again asked how he'd slept. Fine, until that woman woke me up walking across the room. When Martha asked him to explain what he'd seen, he told her how he'd been woken up in the middle of the night and witnessed a young woman walking across his room before disappearing through the door. He described the woman as having brown hair and wearing clothes reminiscent of those someone from a workhouse would have worn a couple of hundred years earlier. The same outfit as the woman who'd appeared in the window had worn. As we conclude Martha's story and the events those who stayed there witnessed, I want to thank her for reaching out and sharing what happened. The ghostly apparitions and mysterious sounds recounted in this episode unveil a narrative steeped in the history of this enigmatic residence and leave us wondering why these hauntings persist. From the unsettling vision of the servant girl at the window to the eerie footsteps heard in the dead of night, each encounter leaves an indelible mark on the house's haunted legacy. As we reflect on the experiences shared by those who've crossed its threshold, we're reminded that some stories refuse to fade away. The paranormal occurrences in Bear's Den serve as a testament to the enduring mysteries that shroud certain places, leaving us with more questions than answers. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, this house invites us to consider the inexplicable and the possibility that realms beyond our understanding may coexist with our own. As we bid farewell to the ghostly tales of sharp-toothed apparitions and phantom footsteps, we leave you to ponder the mysteries that may still linger within the walls of this haunted dwelling. Thank you for joining us on this eerie journey into the supernatural, and remember, sometimes the echoes of the past reverberate in the quiet corners of our present.